I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 17, Episode 15, One-on-One, Part 1. One-to-one-to-one, this is the one to watch even though there wasn't really much new information to be had they seem to have spoiled the entirety of all of the tell-alls just this week in the clips that they've released yeah they really know how to destroy a tell-all for sister wives it was looking so promising there were so many articles coming out the days before this episode talking about janelle's gone mary's gone there's no one left standing except for robin and cody And then we didn't even get into the Janelle thing in part one. And the Mary articles, questionable, to say the least. Yeah, especially after hearing some of the stuff that she had to say in this episode. It doesn't seem like she's out the game, so to speak. She has not cashed out, that's for sure. I don't think so. She's holding on to some chips. Still clinging for dear life. But the TLC description for this episode is... The Brown family sits down individually to discuss the challenges they have faced over the past year. Cody and Christine give insight about their separation, while Mary learns of an instance when Cody thought about reconciling. I'm going to need them to use consistent language. So when we're talking about Christine giving insight into her separation, that needs to say divorce. Because we're saying Janelle and Cody are separated. Right, yes, because Christine and Cody are divorced, not separated, whereas Janelle and Cody are separated, not divorced at this time. (laughs) That was so confusing. (laughs) That was confusing to follow as somebody who knows what's actually going on, but was still confused. That's easy. I was really hoping this was a typo in the episode description and that they meant Janelle gives insight about the separation, but nope. No, yeah, there was no insight on separation. Saving that for part two, apparently. They're just giving us separation anxiety. I got a little rewrite here. Let's hear it. Cody shows up to a tell-all about a different show. Robin forgets her eyebrow pencil. Mary smashes the patriarchy's subscribe button. Suki brings receipts. I think Suki did a good job hosting. And so she far. Was, uh, yes. You're talking about it like this tell-all's over it's already, not, I know. It's the first step in a long journey. <laughs> and it's the journey That matters. It's not the destination. Well, you know, she came in with a new perspective this year because when Cody went in for that hug, she went for a handshake. Yeah, she knows better. She's been watching the show. She's figured out the characters now. (laughs) She knows who to keep an eye on and who she has to really stick with when it comes to the questions here. But before we get into the episode, we do have a couple of announcements. Starting off, we have a legal wife voicemail from one of our legal wives, 
Tom. Hey guys, Legal Life Tom here. Um, I never really watched the show. Um, I've avoided all my wife's attempts for me to watch it. And then she started listening to this podcast. And damn it, if the sarcastic comments and the Drop Dead Gorgeous references didn't just suck me in. And now here I am, a legal wife. Uh, so my question today is, if you were invited to the Sister Wives holiday get-together and there was a secret Santa um, who would you want as your secret Santa, and what gift would you give them? Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. Bye. Thank you for your voicemail, Tom, and for your representation. I want people to know that the virtual cul-de-sac is open to all people. Even though it's like 99% women. Is it? I, I think from people our People who identify poll. as women. People who identify as women. Who knows? Sure. All right. Let's answer this voicemail. This one was fun. I'm excited. It's a little... Uh, Appropriate, given the season we are entering here. Aptly timed voicemail for the situation here at hand. Which wife would you want to get you for Secret Santa and why? Wait, am I saying that wrong? I'm so confused. I read it the first time, (laughs) and I think it was about who would you want to get for Secret Santa and what gift would you give them? So who are you buying for? Who would you hope that you pull the name out of the hat and you see their name on your card that you have to buy? How about you start, Corey? Okay, well, this could easily quickly devolve into just a Wizard of Oz type experience here where obviously Mary, you wish for a heart. Robin, you wish for a brain. (laughs) Janelle, for the courage. Um, I think that was basically where I ended up with uh, from, from the purchasing standpoint. When I initially was thinking about this, I thought of it as the other way of who do you hope pulls your name? out of the group and that was where I wanted Christine to get me because she gives amazingly thoughtful gifts. What would you want her to get you? I have no idea. She knows what I want better than I know <laughs> and I trust her to make that decision. Okay, I'm surprised you didn't go with Robin for you buying her a gift because Robin's easy, right? We're going to get a precious moments figurine, something in an Uncle Sam theme. Oh, I was going to say she was just going to return it for store credit anyway. That's true. Whatever you get. Very Rachel Green of her. Yeah, that's the move. (laughs) So I would want to get Janelle. I want to pick Janelle out of the Secret Santa hat because she has very obvious interests. I already know what I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her like a reusable tote bag to bring to the farmer's market. I'm going to get her maybe a book on horticulture. An REI gift card. An REI gift card. A high-powered telescope. Maybe a piece of decor shaped like a cowboy boot. This is very easy. Um, What else could you get? A water purification system. Just generally bottles of water would be, (laughs) would have been welcomed. Yeah, the tablets that you drop into water to make it safe to drink (laughs) when you're out in the woods. A urine filtration (laughs) unit that turns it into drinking water. One of those, one of those backpacks with a- Oh, the camelback. A camelback. With the straw. (laughs) <laughs> we can keep going well how many gifts do we just yeah get her? wow that's a lot of stuff <laughs> on the list for janelle she's having a good christmas i'm telling you now okay so i also thought maybe mary because mary would just be thankful that people remember to put her name into the secret santa hat that's true it doesn't even matter the gift she's just thankful to be included just glad to be here <laughs> Having some sort of representation. Now, so you answered who you would want to pull your name. And you said, Christine, I'm going to answer that too. I'm going to say Robin because Robin will shop till she drops. Oh, yeah. She's not sticking to a budget. No. And probably not one gift. Like we just rattled off all those ideas for Janelle's gifts. She would have bought them all. She's also a person who really needs validation and acceptance. So she would go above and beyond to get you the best gift she could possibly find. But then here's the drawback to that situation then. You have to go above and beyond in your acceptance of the gift. Yes, you're going to have to write her a handwritten thank you letter. And whatever she purchased for you, she's going to have to see it in your house or being used on a regular basis or she's going to go cry to Cody. I think I'm willing to deal with that. I think I'll get something special out of it. I don't think it's worth it for me. I don't want that hanging over my head. I don't want to be in Robin's pocket here. But thank you again to Legal Wife Tom for sending in that message. Really appreciate it. And if you want to have your voice heard on the podcast here, be sure to swing by patreon.com slash surviving pod and join the virtual cul-de-sac, the family, 
You can listen to our rewatch recap episodes of seasons one through nine. There's also a lot of let's talk about it episodes at this point. Last week, we recapped an episode of Shauna Ray. This week coming up, we're going to be recapping, I think, A Night Before Christmas. Is that it? You were trying to tell me it was a, a night in Paris to. Oh, yeah. Well, that's different. Right. Is that the that's the bad one, right? <laughs> <laughs> Depends you, on who you ask. You never know what will show up in a let's talk about it, Paul. <laughs> but not that. <laughs> and we got a few Corey Strikes Back episodes as well, too. So maybe A Night in Paris will make its way out the Corey Strikes Back list and we'll review that. We're One Night in that. Paris. Right? One, <laughs> something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but yes. Remember, every dollar you pledge makes us just a little bit more successful than my sister wife's closet. And come on, we really need to convince Janelle that this is not just a hobby business. The podcast is so much more than that. (laughs) I guess one more announcement slash reminder is that next week there is no episode. There will not be one-on-one part two. Instead, it will be a Dr. Pimple Popper Christmas special, which we will not be watching. I don't know what that has to do with Christmas. I don't think there's a theme. Oh, okay. They're just airing a bunch of that because that seems fitting for the holiday? I'm I'm not sure. I Growth. I don't even want to think about it. I can't take it. I don't want to see a preview for it. We will be enjoying our holiday pimple popper free. No offense. Unless you're into that sort of thing. No judgment. Go watch to your heart's content. But that's not going to be on our TV. So where I was going with that, there won't be an episode of the podcast next week. Right, because as it happens to turn out to be Christmas, so we will be taking a break along with TLC and then circling back on the latter parts, two thirds of this tell-all experience, the one-on-one, because they don't like to call it tell-alls, I'm noticing as well too. We keep referring to it as tell-alls. Right, but they're calling it a one-on-one. They they like to refer to them as one-on-ones. I don't like it. It doesn't fit. I have a lot of complaints. I'm just going to put that out here now. I don't like that this is three parts. Unnecessary. I would have liked two more episodes of content and one hour tell all. That's it. That's all we need. We'll get into my other complaints in ways that I would make this better as we get into the episode. All right. Yeah. Which we are going to do right at this very second, this moment, starting now. So we open with Sookie reminding us how the Brown family tricked us into thinking they were happy, they were functional. They were this fun, love, and plural family until they really couldn't hide it from us anymore. Yeah, you remember back when Cody used to love his wives and they'd go ice blocking down the hills? <laughs> yeah, us either. So <laughs> That was footage that I didn't think we would ever see again. I'm surprised it came up, honestly. Yeah, but now that Christine's out the game, the family's just falling apart. The screaming, the walk-offs, it all happened this season. But not in the tell-all. See, that's where I need everybody to be in the same room together. We're doing this little one-on-one fireside chat type thing. That's how they have it set up this year. It looks almost like there's like a fake mantle in the background. We're doing like a slight 90-day type thing where everybody's talking about their fill-ins as they're getting ready to head to the tell-all. Cody's got many, it appears, dry cleaned shirts slung over his shoulder that must have been hanging outside of Robin's closet door collecting that fresh air outdoor tree smell i think it's fine to start separate right if we start individual one-on-one you have to conclude with everybody all in the same room yelling at each other yes i okay i need this to start like a 90-day tell-all and i'm gonna say this and i don't like the way 90-day tell-all start where everybody is heading in to the tell-all and there's like a green room situation. Well, they I kind need of, that. They kind of tried to because they did the self-shot footage at the very beginning of this, but it was two seconds for each person. Cell phone, camera, just recording. Hey, I'm going in here. I'm nervous to talk about this season. I need people getting makeup applied in a green room, talking about what they're nervous about. I need everybody to be there at the same time. We can have individual people come out to talk to Sookie, but I need someone on a couch in a green room, watching and reacting live. I need a Jerry Springer feeling to this. You're saying that Maury Povich should be hosting the next (laughs) one-on-one. I need paternity results (laughs) at some point in this episode. I also need full ball gowns. I need this to go very Bravo Housewives reunion, but only like one person to show up like that. (laughs) Yeah, it would be Christine. (laughs) 
<laughs> and everyone else to just be wearing like Robin always looks like she's about to go on a job interview. But then also frumpy still, too. She's going on a job interview. That she's not going to get the job. (laughs) (laughs) She's not going to land this one. Uh, Did you notice that? Because she's never landed a job interview. No, I don't think she's ever made it to an interview, has she? I don't think so. She hasn't got to that point. She just keeps getting told to apply online. And And then she can't figure it out. Yeah, she she goes on the website. She gets confused, turned around, ends up putting $500 of product in her Victoria's Secret shopping cart, which was open in another tab somehow. Did you like that she and Cody seemed to coordinate their outfits? He had the, was it like a gray or khaki? I can't remember what color it was now. It was something boring. And then he had the pink shirt and then Robin had the pink blazer on because nothing is fancier to Robin than a blazer. And matchy matchy. You got to do matchy matchies. The two of them. Yeah. It was a couple. Nothing fancier than matchy matchy. They wanted to establish that they are the power couple coming into this tell all. The sign of solidarity here. But Cody throws down the gauntlet as soon as we walk in here with Suki because he's challenging her, go ahead and try to pull any sort of information out of me that I haven't already reflected upon and looked back on with great disdain this year. It's already <laughs> happened. Well, I like her first question. She made sure to ask something she knew he wouldn't have an answer to, which is how are your kids? How's the fam? How is everybody? <laughs> he, he doesn't answer the question. Uh. <laughs> so we get right into it. They are bringing the clips again this season. We are going to force everyone to rewatch the most uncomfortable moments from the season. And so we start right back at the beginning, which felt like an eternity ago. And this is the conversation between Cody and Christine, the first one of the season where, you know, the breakup is imminent. In the study, in the library. Christine's bedroom library. Christine in the library with a candlestick. <laughs> would be the clue answer to this episode. So this is the convo where they're talking about how he's not attracted to Christine because she's not loyal slash nice enough to Robin, her sister wives, meaning Robin, a.k.a. Robin, 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 Robin. That's what we mean. And Cody can't leave wives. He has to just push them away until they can't stand it anymore. And then they leave on their own accord. Did you notice that as they're watching that clip, I thought that Cody looked kind of ashamed watching it. He wasn't looking directly at the clip. He was just listening. He kind of looked a little bit embarrassed at some of the things that he said and how he reacted to Christine. I thought the camera was frozen down in the corner. The reaction footage of Cody, I thought it was stuck. Did they just freeze frame for a little bit? I'm not sure. Well, it was frozen for a second. But then when we got to the point where Christine called him a coward, all of a sudden his face snaps towards the camera And his whole demeanor changed. He went from being like somewhat ashamed to very angry and aggressive. So then he has to explain to Suki all of these crazy tactics that Christine has put him through because she's a game player. She plays games. She's a gamer, gamer girl. She's got manipulation. She does the pouting thing. She has her temper tantrums. And is he talking about him or is he talking about her? Because it. He's done all of those things, and we've seen him do all those things within the last five episodes. This is where he starts rewriting history. But he's been saying this their whole marriage, right? That Christine has princess-like behavior, and I think this is what he means by it. He thinks that whenever Christine expresses an emotion, that it's an attempt to manipulate the situation, rather than I'm just telling you something that I'm unhappy about. So... Suki kind of points out, you know, that's like a pretty cold-blooded thing to say, that you feel like she played you your whole marriage. So explain, please. Let's get into it. I like that this this time she really dug for more. She didn't let them get away with just making statements and not backing it up. Especially in particular, Cody, because that's kind of how he operates. He'll just throw out some ridiculous claim and then people just go, huh? And then move on to the next question. But it's like, no, 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 no. Help me understand. What do you mean by that? So this is where we get his story that then, I mean, this is a thread that is woven all the way through to the end of the episode and still doesn't make sense. This is his example. He tells us that Mary gave him a really cool birthday present. So this was when, yeah, when they first moved 
to Flagstaff. So what is it, 2018? Did he say when they first moved? He said when they first moved, he was trying to, he was thinking about trying to reconcile with Mary. And then she gave him a really cool birthday present. Because, simply because she gave him a really cool birthday present. That was why he was thinking about reconciling with her. Because he was like, man, Mary gives pretty good gifts. So <laughs> forget forget that aspect. <laughs> because of apparently it. Cody is a ten year old, obviously. Like, the ridiculousness of that, that a really cool birthday present is gonna make him reconcile with this person who he has said so many horrible, disgusting things about. Then he tells us that Christine lost her shit that day and that she was outside yelling to the kids about being in a loveless marriage. She stormed out of some family gathering and was telling multiple children that she was in a loveless marriage. Those seem like two different situations, different issues though, that I don't think were related because if you're talking about reconciling with Mary, wouldn't Christine be saying something about being upset that Cody's trying to go back to fix things with Mary? That, that seems like that would be the outspoken thing, but she's talking about being in a loveless marriage. That sounds like a completely separate issue. It sounds to me like you had two really bad relationships. It sounds like... For different reasons. You, you are lumping two of your failed marriages together, and they actually don't have any reason to be together. They're failing for two completely separate reasons. Also, does anyone believe that that sounds anything like Christine? Uh, absolutely not what would be happening, because then, oh, well, why do you think that Christine had that sort of reaction? That I don't, I don't like that she took him at his word for this one. Cause I would have been like, oh, come on, man, that doesn't sound right. But why do you think Christine had that reaction? Oh, it's because something's wrong between the relationship and with Mary and Christine, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the basis that you're going with here. Come on, man. This doesn't make any sense. None of it makes sense right out the gate. It doesn't make sense. And it only gets more twisted as we get further into the episode. We finally get Mary to butt in the first time in this tell-all. We get to hear from her a lot, more than I think that we did during the whole season. Eh, here and there. She's actually pissed because they watched the clip where Christine and Cody are sitting down to talk about their marriage. And Cody starts comparing their relationship with Christine to his relationship with Mary, wanting Christine to just go along and do the same thing that Mary's been doing for years not having an intimate marriage and basically not complaining to him about it. She's kind of pissed about that. She didn't like that she was used as a comparison point and pulled into their conversation. And she thinks that Christine did play along for as long as she could until it hurt her soul to do it anymore. And that's where Suki was like, uh-oh, I think Mary's actually talking about her feelings, not Christine's. Because Mary doesn't have any empathy, so how would she know what Christine's <laughs> feeling? She's actually talking about herself. So has it hurt your soul, Mary? Because it sounds like you're in a very similar situation to where Christine has been. And of course, Mary confirms. Yes, it has hurt my soul. Sure it has. And then she slowly realizes, oh no, I was talking about me. <laughs> I let some fillings out. Those slipped past the wall. <laughs> the wall that she made sure to build before they got here. Now, Cody thinks that we're missing the whole point here. All of his relationships with his wives have changed over time. This is going to be a tough one to sum up because, yeah, this was just word, word. salad, babbling on and on, droning. This was just a hot mess here because you can't compare the good relationships with the bad. There's only good and then there's bad. There's no in between. <laughs> and those relationships change based on their own merits. So you can't compare them except like when he compares them. <laughs> yeah. You know, whenever I feel like it, whenever it's convenient. Basically. And then we finally get to see Janelle. Janelle just defends that Christine's leaving. And that was it. Just a flyby intro of Janelle. I think she made the right call. It didn't seem like she had a special enough intro for the news we're going to find out. No, they just glossed right over this here. But then we do get a good question for Robin, which is if you, in your relationship with Cody, were experiencing a loss of intimacy, would you be okay with that? Well, first of all, we all know that wouldn't happen because Robin has... A wardrobe full of Victoria's Secret lingerie. Also the throat goat. Oh, God. <laughs> Can we talk about the throat? The goiter? I'm talking about the goiter. Looks better. It looks better. She looks better overall. She also did not apply the eyebrows. Mary's hair, though? 
Okay. Not too good. Guys, can, Mary's hair. What happened? It looked like she slept on one side of it. It was just flat to her head. I don't understand because if you go and look at pictures on her Instagram from like the same time period as this, the fall. Didn't look like that. It didn't look like, I don't know why she chose to do her hair the way she did this day. But also she's sitting with like the flatter side towards the camera, which is not a great look. Overall. Bad angle, but still not a great style choice. Not the greatest of days for Mary. Not a good look. Christine wearing some pleather pants. She had the vibe. She had the, I left my... Shitty ex-husband in my life is great. These boots were made for walking vibe. <laughs> ah, well, where do we leave off? We're talking about Robin. Okay, the intimacy. Uh, yeah, so she says she'd make him go to see a therapist. Bottom line, that's it. I don't allow Cody to not talk to me. Okay, then how do you force somebody to be attracted to you, though? Well, you, you, you can't do that. Oh, I guess you don't do that. But you can earn favor with Cody based on your behavior which can attract him to you because she immediately contradicts herself because no, it's a hard no. You cannot force somebody to be attracted to you, but you could make yourself more attractive to Cody by being nice to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the truest answer that that she gave the whole tell all. That's basically it. Now, Christine talks about how she was embarrassed at first by Cody not wanting to like have any intimacy with her not being attracted to her until she had this realization of like damn i don't want to fuck this man it was a freeing moment when you have nothing else to lose you're free to do whatever you want to do so that's basically what she had it was an empowerment moment for her but then we have to talk about her bad behavior now i thought she would be into that our freaky bitch okay so here's the difference she doesn't like you calling her out on her bad behavior Don't tell her that she's being bad if you're not going to punish her for it. (laughs) I think that's what she had taken an issue with. Punish her intimately. Punishing her intimately in a way that's fun, safe, and consensual, (laughs) that she can get into. But if you're just going to tell her she's being bad and then ignore her? It's like being a child. That's terrible. No, not into that. The best phrase that was used, though, stop fighting for something that your ego is attached to. That was worth noting, and that should be the summary of the entire season. Now, Cody still believes that COVID was the catalyst for Christine leaving. And then she just used intimacy issues that they had, quote-unquote issues, as her justification for leaving. But this is all deeply rooted in COVID protocols. Sure. I don't know why he still thinks that that's what happened here. Now, we know that's not what happened because... As part of this episode where he goes on a little in a little bit about things that happened in season 15, I went back and watched some episodes in season 15, and it was apparent all the way back then that Christine was on the road to leaving Cody. So this had fully nothing to do with COVID. Well, this is where Cody's confused, because what's the answer when you have a relationship that's not working? Go fix it, right? But what if the marriage isn't fixable? Christine just up and left. How do you fix that? You don't, because he's not a quitter. He's not a coward like she claims him to be, even though he agreed with her when she did say it initially. But now he's going to double back on it and say that he's not a coward. Nothing scares Cody except for poverty. (laughs) Well, you better watch out because he's quickly headed towards poverty. (laughs) I was going to say, nothing scares him except for poverty. He should be terrified right now (laughs) because you're losing all. All of your biggest earners. You got the one wife who doesn't have a job. That's who you're stuck with, man. Also, going back to what you said about like the whole what if you can't fix it thing. That's not the only time he said it. If you go back to the murder tarp episode, he says it to Mary on their anniversary. But he's like, I'm talking about someone else. And it's clearly Christine now that we're in the future and we know what happened there. He was saying it all the way back then. Well, and that was very confusing to Mary because she's like, well, he's obviously talking about me, but he's not directly talking about me. But as it turns out, no, he actually is talking about Christine. So that just makes Mary even more confused on that conversation because you're still talking about all this stuff in a roundabout way. You're not being direct. She doesn't know what's her, what's somebody else. There's nothing to go off of. We all saw this coming. So did Sookie. So she's like, Cody, what took you so long to accept the fact that Christine was leaving? He's like, well, I think it took me that long because it didn't have to end. Christine just decided to do that, but it didn't need to end. 
Because look what happened. It took one person to destroy this entire family. Right, because it's not just destroying a relationship between a husband and a wife. It's destroying the entire family bond. And it's not fair for one person to make that decision. One person did. Cody Wynn Brown. (laughs) And then Cody goes and does that decision with Mary. Yes. So he's mad that Christine is deciding this is over between them. And he doesn't get a say in that. While simultaneously telling Mary it's over and she doesn't get a say in this. Correct. And then also obviously having actions outside of this that helped to destroy his other relationships in the family that had nothing to do with Christine leaving. So at this point in the one-on-one, the assessment that I've made is that Cody is all over the place. He is scattered to the winds, four corners of the earth, and Robin is all over the place. Christine, Janelle, and even Mary are pretty consistent on the information that they're giving. Cody and Robin are flipping and flopping. I can't keep up with what their stance is, what their viewpoints are, and what reality timeline they are living in and referencing. They're living in another universe or an alternate timeline or something because <laughs> it is not what we've seen happen on this show. Before we move on, we have to talk about Cody's face. Oh, my God. What is going on? I'm so confused. Oh, the cheeks? The cheeks, the lips. There's something, something has happened to his face since the last time we saw him. I there's don't know. A, I think, I don't know if there's filler in those cheeks. Something is not right. We need some, someone who is more informed about plastic surgery, nips and tucks, things of that nature, because there's something happening to his face. It's, it's evolving. It's changing. Not in a good way. We'll have to check with some of our Bravo pals. See if they have any insight. Maybe in that way, this was like a Bravo reunion. He made sure to to get his fillers and his Botox before he came in. Very Angela from 90 Day Fiance. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. All right, now Sookie's back with Robin. I feel like we didn't do enough in these interviews with Robin. Is it better than last year? Yes. But still, I want to see some harder questions. Yeah, she's getting the softball pitches here, and they're letting her slide on the amount of crying that she does. Because, again, she needs time to think through these answers. And I think that's the majority of why she breaks down and cries the way that she does during these is because she needs to think up an answer. (laughs) And if she just sat and processed the information and didn't do anything, that would make people very uncomfortable. It would. It would make me uncomfortable if there had to be like 25 seconds of silence while Robin thought. But they'd be able to edit it cleaner. (laughs) So So it's better for the show if you just... Freeze. Take it in. Yep, just process that. Take the time that you need and then jump right back in. At this point, we're asking Robin if she knew what was coming when Christine sat everyone down to announce her divorce. We all know the answer to that, right? She lives in the same house as Cody. Clearly, she knew what was going to happen. But she was still living in hope. And we get to see her living in hope face, (laughs) which uh, seems like she kind of forgot that she was supposed to be watching the clip at one point, too. She kind of wavers off, trails off, looks around, and then comes back. She was still hoping that Christine and Cody, holding out hope that they'd be able to reconcile and work things out but that just didn't pan out did you notice that she failed to produce a tear in both the clip and then also on the couch with Sookie? yeah she's not doing anything none of this is real she doesn't actually care now everybody's watching this clip 
again, this is the time that they're all at Christine's house outside and she's telling them that she's leaving Cody and moving to Utah. And everyone's kind of reflecting on that. They're thinking about the comments about the sister-wife relationship and then also Cody's demand for patriarchy that happened at the end of that meeting. And Mary is rolling her eyes at her own statements in the clip. I wasn't sure if they were just playing that back from a different segment. But yeah, I thought it was odd that she was rolling her eyes and shaking her head, disagreeing with what she is saying on the clip. (laughs) All of their commitment to love and respect and stick through it, thick and thin, all that bullshit. I don't know if she's just disagreeing because she knows that Cody's full of it, because that's not something that he's actually living up to either. It's hard to know at this point who Mary is upset with. Is it herself? Is it everybody else? Is she as mad at Christine as she was throughout the season? Is Cody now the villain? It's very confusing to live a day in Mary's head. Robin literally giggles about how in her head Christine is still her sister wife, even though she said that she doesn't want to have a relationship with her, which, again, she never said those words. Right. Yeah. And she doesn't know how to process the fact of Christine not being her sister wife. So it's easier to just tell herself in her head that she is still her sister wife, because honestly, to be fair, the relationship's probably just about the same. You didn't have any interaction with her anyway. Outside of family functions. That's the point Christine was making, that my relationship with Mary and Robin probably won't change. It's been what it's been. It'll continue to be that way. Anyway, it's all about Robin. It's Robin's been hurt. She's been wounded because Christine rejected her. Which is what it's always been, right? That's what Cody's upset about. So here she is again, but she's actually from her own lips telling this to us that the problem is Christine took a really big dream of hers away from her. Now she's not going to just be able to be sitting there as old women and sister wives. That's gone. Christine took that. She'll never be that. That was the dream. That was the dream. Old lady with the grandkids. Just sitting there. Together. Is that retirement, I guess? I mean, if you never worked a day in your life, it's Can hard. You retire? Yeah, it's hard to retire from that. <laughs> but I guess that's what she's visualizing this as. Now, Sookie's like, what's going on here, girl? Why doesn't Christine want to have a relationship with you? Can you explain it? Do you understand why that is? And she's like, does it have anything to do with maybe like sabotaging her relationship with Cody? Does she think that you had something to do with that? And of course, Robin denies all counts. She is not guilty, did ha- didn't have anything to do with that. All she did was encourage Cody to have a better relationship with Christine. Robin was basically just trying to defend herself and like, I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. (laughs) Tell Christine there was no sabotage. (laughs) Basically is what was going on. Oh, that's a blast from the past already. (laughs) Did you feel as threatened as I felt when Robin said that she wished that Christine would let her in because we could have a lot of fun together? (laughs) And it felt like not endearing. It felt threatening. (laughs) I think Robin's been having fun this whole time, hasn't she? She's been getting exactly what she's wanted out of this situation. If she hasn't had fun at this point, I don't know when she will have fun. (laughs) Christine's confused by that statement because she thought that she did let Robin in. So uh, I'm going to leave that one right there. That's a little perplexing. Because look, being honest, again, we were not best buds. We weren't BFFs like her and Mary were obviously, and there was no competing with that. But it wasn't like they had a bad relationship. Christine just thought they were in an okay place, a neutral spot. So this is very interesting because of the fact that we know Cody gave Christine a lot of shit for not being nice enough to her sister wives. And we all suspected that was coming from Robin. And now we hear from Robin that she feels like Christine never let her in. And basically didn't give her a chance to have a good relationship. So I think we know that the woman who says she did not complain to Cody about her relationships with her other sister wives perhaps did complain about said relationships. Well, she learned a long time ago not to complain. So maybe that was the complaint where she learned not to complain. How long ago was a long time ago? Ten years ago? Ten minutes ago feels like a long time ago (laughs) in Robin Land. It sure does. Mary tells Sookie that she felt betrayed by Christine leaving because she always wanted 
the sister wives, not just the man. I do want to point out that Mary quoted that correctly, because remember when Cody said she wanted the sister wives, not the man? That was not correct. That was incorrect. Yeah. So Mary actually does watch the show, (laughs) and she accurately quoted Christine's intro bit, because she's heard it every season. But she misses that fun. They used to have so much fun. You remember the fun? Sookie knows there's a better story here, so she's got the shovel out. She's trying to dig. She's like, Mary, tell me, girl. Why didn't Christine want to have a good relationship with you anymore? What happened? At one point, things seemed good. Mary doesn't know what the deal is. It just dropped off. Christine owns up to it right away, though. She's like, listen, this is what happened. We had a relationship. We had a friendship. It was good. I told her at some point, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. You're not a safe person for me. And then she gives us a little bit more detail, which is that... Mary would put her down a lot, especially when they were in public. And at some point, she just couldn't handle it anymore. You get to a certain point where if you're just being constantly put down in public situations in front of Mary's family members as well, too, particularly, was what Christine was referencing. You get to a point where you're just done with that. I'm not going to take this anymore. And I think I'm all done. So Christine kind of closed the door on that. There was a time span in Vegas where they tried a little bit, didn't work out. We're going to go ahead and end that friendship chapter and just leave it alone. Mary needs to do a lot of self-reflection because there are a lot of people who have had this experience with her where she makes comments and they take them very personally and she acts as though they are crazy for taking things that way and that she didn't mean them in a negative sense. She's a gaslighter. Yeah. She's very much like will insult you and then act like it was a joke. Passive-aggressive with a twist of gaslighting. Because, yeah, that's what Christine's basic point was. It's hard to be friends with you when I never know which version of Mary I'm going to go hang out with. I don't know if she's going to be nice, fun, happy Mary that I get to hang out with personally on a one-on-one basis, or if it's going to be the mean person who puts me down in public situations. I don't know what I'm walking into, and it's hard to track that. It's like the most info we've ever gotten about Mary. We know that a lot of the kids supposedly, I'm going to put a suppose in front of this because this info came from Cody, that the older kids have issues with her. Maybe she says things like this to a lot of people, including the children growing up. It feels like there were vague implications of this from Janelle's struggles with Mary as well, too, which we're experiencing on the rewatch as they're trying to dig into the past, even though on our most recent season as well too there was another rekindling of this communication still that's going on that will never happen it's never gonna happen (laughs) there's just something about mary we're circling back to the patriarchy and cody's talking about how dumb an idea that even was for him to say the whole thing about you need to now conform to the patriarchy i don't know why that even came out of my mouth that was pretty stupid even though he still is telling us That the patriarchy is something everyone signed up for. So how dumb of an idea was it? Well, look, okay. He (laughs) regrets not being the head of the household in the authoritarian manner that he was intending to be. But he probably went a little bit overboard with his exact description of what that should have looked like. But he still feels that way. (laughs) He still wants that. You got to run your will into mine. (laughs) And Suki doesn't know what he's talking about and asks for clarification on that. But he just keeps using the term while he's defining it. Not fully sure he's able to grasp this concept himself either. You know, like, it it means run your will into mine. It's like the will and the will runs in. A will runs through it. (laughs) I was also unsure if they meant will or wheel. Well, yes, because the captions keep saying run your will into mine. W-I-L-L. Which makes total sense. In the religious aspect, but not in the Brown family Well, because, yeah, we all know there's Utah speak in the family. So does he mean run your will, W-I-L-L, or does he mean run your wheel, W-H-E-E-L, which we know they pronounce as will, (laughs) fifth will. Are we talking about wheels? Because with the amount of flat tires this family has experienced, it could go either way at this point. (laughs) Run your fifth will into mine. (laughs) Run that fifth will into mine. Roomy. This is not a hard concept to grasp. What he's saying is you need to conform to my, you take my lead. I'm the man. I'm going to run this family. 
you're going to go along with what I say, and that's going to be your desire now. But Cody's lead for the longest time was, I don't know, what do you guys think? To divert to them. <laughs> it was always thrown back to the wives. So if that was his head of the household dominion that he was running, that did work. But it was up to the wives because he gave up that responsibility constantly to them. Well, that's why Janelle has been confused this whole time because she's like, everything was a committee decision. So I don't really understand where this is coming from. Before we get the opinions of some of the other wives on that, Cody gives us a disgusting impersonation of Christine and Janelle wanting to join the family, saying basically... Look, they signed up for this. They knew that this was what it was going to be and that they came here and he actually pants like a fucking dog acting like they were just so eager to join this family and to fuck this man that they didn't care what they were signing up for. It was very gross. Like, pick me, pick me. Didn't he? He literally said that. Didn't he say that? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was he was asking, is that you? And then pants and volunteers imitating Janelle and Christine apparently during their courting process. I needed a Sookie reaction shot that was not there. There's no way she did not look repulsed in that moment watching this man impersonate his wives as though they are dogs. It was a stretch. (laughs) That was a long shot. All right. So we circle back with Mary and she absolutely subscribes to the patriarchy. That is what she says. Absolutely. Yeah, I see... Cody as the head of the family. Absolutely. Absolutely subscribing to patriarchy. But apparently she also has a few other subscriptions on her account. Independent woman. Strong independent woman who does what she wants. (laughs) Which I don't think those two ideologies can coexist. Mary thinking that she's Janelle is very funny. But also how is Mary selling empowerment retreats? Can someone explain this? I absolutely subscribe to the patriarchy. Hashtag girl boss. Hashtag Miss Independent. Hashtag do what I want. Unless my husband tells me that I can't. Then I won't. (laughs) Well, and then Mary even has that conflict because Suki's like, I don't think these are pieces of the puzzle that go to the same thing. Honey, I think you're confused. I think that's not going to work. So can those ideas coexist? And Mary's like, well, maybe it's looking like I guess they're not. And then she does this little coy shrug and like a almost like she wants to wink at the camera wait and see i guess we'll did see. i leave or did i not well their little leather jacket squeak when she shrugs <laughs> i don't know <laughs> janelle questions if cody even wants to live plural marriage anymore you know he's been saying some crazy shit for a couple of years now this patriarchy thing is just just the tip of the iceberg there's been a lot more here you should see the stuff we don't televise <laughs> And she reminds us, we set out to work together as a team to raise the family. That was the entire goal. This whole patriarchy thing is something that Robin is willing to do. So now he shifted his entire attitude towards that. But that is absolutely not what this family was founded on. Now it's feeling like Robin's the only one true wife. She's the only one who abides by what he thinks the family should look like in the family structure. We get the next, in my opinion, greatest quote, which was, It would be nice if I had a husband who saw my perspective as much as Cody sees Robin's. And Suki even got worried. She was like, ooh, careful, girl. (laughs) Careful, Janelle. You are... That was spicy. There was some sass to that. There will be implications to that statement. Are you sure you want to leave that in? And she's like, yeah, go for it. Now, we touched on plural marriage, so we have to go down the whole path of like, what's up with Cody? Where is he at spiritually? And Janelle's like, I don't know. I, I can't tell you. For years, I've been a little confused about that. Faith is a cornerstone of plural marriage, allegedly. So uh, if you're missing the religious element, then how does that affect the way you guys are living plural marriage or the fact that you're living it at all? That's a little confusing to Sookie. And the whole other gray area is around divorce, because now we're reaching the part in the storyline where everybody's getting divorced and there's no legal divorce in plural marriages and spiritual marriages. So, yeah, how do we define any of this? And... Can you all reach a consensus on your beliefs of what this looks like as well, too? Because then we cut to the porch talk, the knife in the kidneys conversation before it escalates to that point. Right. This is the part where Robin's on her soapbox. 
talking about all the requirements to technically be divorced. How do you spiritually divorce someone? And nobody can agree. Still can't. And Janelle's laughing at Robin's explanation in the reaction to the clip playing. Right. The paperwork, the counseling, the approval of the elders, the sleeping with another person to technically be divorced. And I was like, what is the point of all of that? If you don't believe in the religion anymore, why would you have to go through those hoops? Christine isn't part of their church, so none of that matters. Religious authorities, Cody's believing that is the process. That's great. That's cool. Christine doesn't. So Janelle's pointing out it takes two people to be in an agreement in a contract there. You don't have a deal in place anymore. It doesn't matter what that system is. Problem is that Robin is still a believer. I don't know. I'm confused about where Cody stands. Robin, for sure, still is deep in this religion. Oh, she is sticking to her guns on this one. You have to fuck your way out of marriage. <laughs> I was glad that they actually made her answer this. because Suki asks her, clarify that statement about sleeping with someone else. And we find out, yeah, basically, Christine's going to have to commit adultery in order to be divorced. That way... It's going to break the spiritual marriage and also her ties to their family that would have gone into eternity. Breaks the uh, breaks the seal. So <laughs> In a to, couple of ways. So to speak. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I like how where we landed as part of this discussion because Suki had to ask a couple of follow-up questions to get the entire story out of Robin. And where we landed was how she breaks this tie to Cody, how Christine breaks this tie. That way she won't be in the afterlife with them. The follow-up question that I needed Suki to ask that she did not ask was, okay, so what if Christine does not do that? If she does not find somebody else to be in a relationship with, she doesn't sleep with any other man for the rest of her life. What happens then? Right, because that's, I think, the road Mary's trying to travel down. That is definitely the route that Mary is going. And so that is what I would want Robin to think about. And it's like, don't think about that too hard because it might get scary because you know Mary's going to be there. That's what she's gunning for. As we always say, Mary will make sure she is the last face that Cody sees before he leaves this earth. And she's also going to make sure that she is a face that he sees for eternity. So that's a scary thought for Robin. She doesn't want to have to think about her religion too much because if you start asking questions that don't have answers or don't have the answers that you feel comfortable with, you're getting into dangerous territory there. So we also have to ask Christine's BFF, Janelle, what about you? What if Christine calls you up and tells you, you know, girl, I just got some D. Here's the deets. And Janelle goes, you know what? This is what I would say. I would say I hope that she got the deep, deep fulfillment that she has been desiring for years. For years. Just soaking that. <laughs> soaking in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Janelle's like, of course I would cheer her on. If I knew that Christine was getting dicked down in the way that she deserves to be, yes, I would applaud that. And so would the audience. And this is where Everyone. we needed a, we needed like a laugh track. We need some clapping. Yeah, some applause. Now they make Mary watch the clip of Cody saying that she can move on and marry someone else. He he really wouldn't care because he doesn't consider himself even married to her anymore. And Mary's take, just smile through the pain. <laughs> That's kind of the approach that we're starting off with here. So this is where she kind of gets into that back and forth that we were discussing earlier where Cody is upset that Christine has made a divorce decision without him. And now he is implementing that divorce decision on Mary without her being involved in the decision. So why is that okay? But the other one's not. And on top of that, she's like, when we first moved to Flagstaff, Cody was leading me to believe that there was some hope to repair this relationship. But then on their last anniversary, when she gave him a little ring, he was like, Mary, why are you even calling me? We're not married. This isn't our anniversary. So things have changed. Yeah. Damn. Wow. I was not aware. Why didn't we get to see that phone call? Absolutely wild that the first anniversary in Flagstaff, it was cheers to new beginnings. And then you fast forward a year and Cody's just like new number who dis. (laughs) (laughs) How does that shift happen with no other interaction in between? Because you know that they weren't hanging out for the rest of that year in between anniversaries. They only do stuff on anniversaries. Didn't they confirm that when they went on the murder trap anniversary? Yes. She was like, I haven't seen you since last year. We haven't done anything. (laughs) So horrible. Now, Mary does actually ask Cody at this point, if that's how you feel, 
then why don't we make this public and make an announcement? After the murder tarp date, it went so horribly where he was rejecting her outright multiple times and basically saying, it's, we're not married anymore. And so Mary's like, okay, if you're saying that we're not married, should we address this as a divorce? Should we call it what it is? No, no. Cody doesn't, the, the non-coward Cody, does not want to do that because he might have to face public backlash. I don't want to address it. I don't want to make it public. It's the same thing that Christine had to fight with Cody about, too. His ego is attached to this more than anything else. If I was Mary, I would record him on that fucking phone telling you that, why are you calling Mary? We're not married anymore. And just post to Instagram. Because what's been happening instead, since he doesn't want to deal with the public backlash, is every time this show airs on TV, Mary gets attacked on social media with people asking her why she stays with Cody. So she's bearing the brunt of this, even though behind the scenes, he's told her he wants nothing to do with her, but won't announce it to the rest of the world. But you know what the most fucked up part is? Cody's already made that decision. He doesn't want to reconcile with Mary. Clearly, he just heard him say it. But Mary, would you be open to reconciliation with Cody? Yes. Absolutely. absolutely, 100%. Yes. Sign me up. I subscribe to reconciliation with Cody. (laughs) That's for you lost me, Mayor. that about? My God, every time you think that she's connected the dots, we're not quite there. Now, Suki tells her the fake ass story that Cody already told us about wanting to reconcile with her, but then it not working out due to Christine's feelings on the situation. We need more deets from Cody first, though. So this is where Suki is brave enough to ask Cody, you were talking about reconciling with Mary. You came to that conclusion. What was that gift that melted your heart? The birthday gift. Yes, yes. The birthday gift. Yes. Allegedly the birthday gift. Then he just he thinks he sits in silence for a long time. He can't remember this gift that had such an impact on him. Much deliberation to be had on the couch here. There was a long pause where Cody's racking his brain trying to remember what did Mary get him for his birthday three years ago. And then he remembers the one reason he likes Mary, Rice Krispie Treats. And so he says, Rice Krispie Treats, that was it. To which we gasp, because we know the Rice Krispie Treats were part of the murder tarp anniversary, not Cody's birthday. She gave him a bag full of Rice Krispie Treats, one for each year of their marriage. Wrong. Incorrect. That was not a birthday gift. That was murder tarp anniversary date, March or April of 2020, for your 30th anniversary that you mistook for your 31st. <laughs> no, first he thought there were 18 Rice Krispie treats, one for each child. And she was like, no, bitch, that's wrong. And then he was like, she's like, there's one for each year we're married. He's 31. No, this is our 30th anniversary. The dirty 30. He's he's given up. He's not counting anymore. He stopped counting, apparently, at 28. And when you go back to that episode specifically... There was an entire scheduling mess at that time because it was COVID, quarantines, lockdown. Hunter was coming out of the Air Force, graduating early. There was a ton of shit that was flying around. Christine's birthday was coming up, Truly's birthday, Aurora and Brianna's birthday. There was a lot of stuff that was in the mix as far as scheduling goes because then this was that weird car ride that Cody and Christine went on as well too for her her birthday birthday that was postponed and delayed because of all of this other shit that was going on. So could Cody be looking back and thinking about that was that reconciliation time that he was thinking about reconciling with Mary where Christine was upset about her birthday being postponed. Maybe if he confusing what Christine was upset about. I think he's confused entirely on what's going on here because he did not appear to be a person who was at all open to going on this date, never mind trying to fix his marriage when you go back and watch this. He is appalled by the entire situation and Mary from the minute that they meet up. He doesn't even know why she called him to have this date. But apparently when he looks back on this, he has seen the error of his ways and is working to determine if they were good with each other. Huh? No, that's not what was happening. Huh? This was the anniversary date where the entire time it was so awkward. Mary kept asking, trying to flirt with him, asking if she could kiss him. What would he do? He was just 
not interested in being there at all and told her, I'm not coming. You're waiting for me. I'm not coming. That was when they were in the car. I know. The way. So the idea that he was open to reconciling with her was like, at what point? Absolutely not. When you saw 30 Rice Krispie treats in that bag for a split second, you thought about it? Because you know Robin can't make those Rice Krispie treats. Sure can't. No. This is the part of the episode that gets kind of scary because Cody starts, was he crying? He starts having emotions. He sticks his tongue out. He grabs Suki's chair to get a point across and scares the shit out of her. And he says something that, again, is like kind of incoherent that he told his three best friends about wanting to reconcile with Mary and essentially Christine wasn't into it. Okay. What? Are you okay, man? Are you, Why are you sticking your tongue out? I don't know. So Suki's going to ask Mary about this, but she does correctly attribute it's an anniversary gift. The anniversary gift that you gave him of the bag of Rice Krispie treats. The murder tarp date. She couldn't say the murder tarp date, but we know she was talking about the murder tarp date. Mary remembers that date very well because like we were saying, that was when she told him she's waiting for him and he told her he's not coming. After the cameras were off, Mary put her arms around his neck. Maybe she should have gone around the throat (laughs) area, but she put her arms around his neck and asked what would he do if she kissed him. And she could tell there was some conflict in there because it seemed like he was kind of on board, but then he was pulling away. He was resisting. He recoiled. In the closeness. Retreat. Yeah, it didn't go well. So it seems like Mary doesn't believe anything that Cody is saying in regard to the whole reconciliation thing until this point. That's the story I believe. I don't believe Cody's story about his heart melting and growing three sizes that day (laughs) because she gave him a bag of Rice Krispie treats. We leave off the episode with Sookie telling... Mary about how supposedly Christine stopped Cody from this attempted reconciliation. Mary's reaction? Well, that's the first time I've ever heard of that. And for a moment, I thought that she seemed to not believe it. And then she had this look of sadness in her face. But it's because it's not true. That's why you've never heard of it, Mary, because it didn't exist. Cody is just rewriting history to throw Christine under the bus For all of his shortcomings in your marriage as well. Yeah, she's the new scapegoat for everything that's ever gone wrong in Cody's life, up to this point at least. Because it was your fault at that time, Mary, and that was why there was so much disdain on that date and everything that was going on in your interactions. It was very bad because you were the worst in his mind, but now he can rewrite that, recast that in the past and make it Christine's fault. So Mary's actually kind of okay now, looking back on it and thinking through this lens. And that is part one of the three-part tell-all, which should just be called a rewriting of Cody's entire life. Again, Cody and Robin completely off base this entire episode. Next episode, as the sit-downs continue, the Browns reveal difficulties that go back decades, including a short time where Janelle left the family. The family discusses Cody's meltdown, and Robin shares anger over the lack of support from her sister wives. I am very angry. (laughs) Never supported me, except for financial reasons. We need we need more Robin next episode. Got me out of debt and bought me a million dollar home. What is that from support though? It's not enough. Anything else that stood out to you? No, I think that's it. All right, just a reminder that we will be back on January 1st for one-on-one part 2. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy holidays, happy new year. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash survivingpod. Stay tuned, share with friends. See you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.